0: out there in podcast land, you have set your dial to Combat Sports with Rhino, your first, best, and only all-encompassing combat sports podcast, where we talk about MMA, we talk boxing, we talk kickboxing, we talk Muay Thai, we are always just talking talking uh, We have some big news on the old MMA front that we got this week as MMA fans. Now, Dana White has told us that he is not holding not one, not two, but three events kicking off on May 9th. In Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, pretty amazing news. I, you know, again, I was kind of concerned as to how they were gonna pull it off. I did watch some live pro boxing from Nicaragua last night where people were all kind of wearing masks and having a six-foot separation in the audience. Is that how they're gonna do it? Who knows? I don't know. You don't know, I don't know if they know, but we do have fights scheduled. So Pretty incredible stuff to be in the uh in the mix of this sport right now, I'll be honest with you. So uh we've got some great Twitter questions today. We've got a fantastic interview. Uh Jordan Griffin, UFC 145 outstanding stud has going uh goes 10 rounds with us today. So really looking forward to that. But as far as the uh, Twitter questions, we know we got our girl, the queen of Twitter question reading, Drea at Drea underscore MMA, my dear friend. What is our first question on the show today?
1: Okay, so the first question we have is going to come from
0: oh. from Rings of Sweet Potato,
1: right? Correct. Sorry. <laughs> um, as a professional yourself, which do you think is more appropriate for high-level pro fighters? Train continuously throughout the year, staying in shape and healthy, ready for a fight at any time, only having to do a weight cut for the fight, or getting out of shape in between fights, not training regularly, only training for a specific fight, and not for general improvement of skills, getting in shape during camp and doing the necessary weight cut.
0: Right, Rajan, that's a great question, my friend, as always. So basically we're talking about people who just fight for a living. These are talking about the, the upper crust of the UFC, Bellator, uh, high-level boxers, people who literally their job is just fighting. Uh, because when you're like me, or like you know 90% of the rest of the fight, pro fighting world, you have to have a job, right, <laughs> as opposed to just being fighting. So if we're talking about just those who just fight for a living, uh, you have to stay in good shape throughout the entire year. You don't have to do the exact same kind of stuff that you're doing like in a fight camp, whereas you're Absolutely leading up to a specific fight uh, where your diet is so clean and where you're training multiple times a day with maybe one rest day a week. <clears throat> it doesn't have to be that, but you definitely have to be in the gym every day. You definitely have to be working on certain things every day. Your diet's supposed to be pretty clean. You can indulge a little here and there, but yeah, for the most part, for the upper tier guys, you've got to stay in really good shape all year. And then when it comes fight camp time, really rev it all up, right? Where where the weight cutting has begun, where all of the focus is completely on the fight. Whereas when you're not in fight camp, you can kind of, you know, have a little bit of a leeway here and there and a few things. But yeah, definitely, dude, you got to stay in it. You have to stay in it to win it the entire time if you're one of those guys where your entire livelihood is based solely on your performance in uh, your combat sport and profession. So thank you very much, my dear friend up in the great white north of old Canada. And I know our next question, Dre, I don't want you to be confused. It <laughs> uh, uh, comes from Pokemama91, our dear friend out in California. IA. And what does Pokemama have for us today?
1: What is going on with Hardy getting all this special attention? When has he earned these spots he's getting on these fight cards? Off the top of my head, Luke A. Price, Esparza, Watterson, and let's not forget Cowboy Pettis too, should have taken this spot. I don't get it. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, the, as sad as it is to see once again, and it comes down to what what we all hate to talk about, but it really is the fact that with Greg Hardy's name comes controversy, scandal, whatever it is that makes him polarizing that has people want to talk about him, which unfortunately leads to buys and which leads to ratings and which leads to money. There's no other way around it. The the sad part is he's not famous for just his football uh prowess. He's not he's, he's not famous for his NFL career. He's not famous because he's some great fighter. Uh he's famous because he was a high name pro-athlete who had a terrible domestic violence. Has a domestic violence past, and and that's the and that's the fucking thing, right? So people either want to see him get his ass kicked, or people want to see him succeed. Whatever it is, he is one of those polarizing figures that makes people talk, that that sparks interest not just with hardcores and casuals, people who don't even know the UFC very well at all. They're like, oh yeah, that's got that former, uh, you know, Cal- Carolina Panther and Dallas Cowboy who beat up his girlfriend, and it's a sad statement, but it's the truth. Now that being said, um, I know for myself, he is leapfrog over you know dozens of other fighters on his placement on cards. Yeah, for sure Cowboy versus Pettis, for sure Waterson, Esparza, Luke, and uh Nico. It's bullshit, but that's the reason why it is disgusting. And like, like I want to be crystal clear about this. Every time Greg Hardy gets brought up and I end up talking about him, I've got something uh I always like to say, which is <clears throat> Fuck you, Greg Hardy. I hope you finally get the beating you deserve, you scumbag piece of shit. I feel better. Do you feel better? I like it. I I, I like it too. I feel much better. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you, Pokemon, for asking that one. And uh, just real quick, one more. Fuck you, Greg Hardy. So (laughs) our next question comes from my homie from the Split Decision Podcast. Big Phil, the MMA dude. What's Phil the MMA dude got for us this week, Drea?
1: Hey Rhino, Dana just announced that he'll be having three full cards during the week of May 9th in addition to 249. Do you like this news or would you have preferred that he simply have weekly events after 249? I feel like three shows inside of one week is very excessive and potentially dangerous, but would love to hear your thoughts.
0: Yeah, so I'm with you. I would prefer just to have a card like every Saturday as per usual. Um, I feel like there's this almost like a panic response. Like Dana might be worried about, well, Florida's open now, but will it close? You know what I mean? Is there a small window that we have to just jam as much content in as possible before there could be further, you know, uh, ramifications or you know possibly closing uh, outside events from coming in. You know, there's a whole lot of things that I think he might be panic responding to, but. Like I said, I I would prefer... I don't know how much danger is involved in it. Um, So there should be enough time between the... At least between the the ninth show and the 16th show to have everybody get tested from the show, make sure that nothing was spread and nothing was brought out. And like I said, the Nicaragua show last night, the way that that was presented was pretty impressive, to be honest. Everybody really took their six-foot... social distancing seriously. Everybody was wearing their masks. Most people were wearing gloves. It was actually pretty well put together. And this is the UFC we're talking about, not some uh, smaller pro boxing organization in Nicaragua. So if they take all these precautions, I don't think it becomes more dangerous. Um, But like I said, just because of, I think there could be a worry that we don't have a full window of this going to be able to move forward from here on out with whatever show they want. I think that's why we're getting the three in one week. Like, how many people, I'm kind of curious Is how many people are going to be allowed to be in the arenas? How many people are going to be allowed to be participating in the media and the, you know, all the production and the medical staff? I'm just, I'm really, I'm really curious to see how that's kind of going to go. So, Um, but yeah, like, like you, man, I, I would much rather see just on Saturdays, but I think that's possibly the reason why we're getting uh, three in one week, so thank you very much, if you guys haven't checked them out before, definitely check out the Split Decision Podcast, Uh, Phil the MMA Dude and the Fight Geek, really really great show, really fun listening every time that they're on, so thank you my friend for participating again this week and I know our last Twitter question comes from my main homie, Sirius King, my food aficionado, the guy who puts all those yummy and delicious things on the old timeline and makes me so happy. What does Sirius King have for us this week?
1: Do you think Tony and Habib will ever fight? If you do, what are the odds? Right now, I say
0: 50-50. Oh, Sirius, it's it's such a – it's such a – like soap opera this whole thing man like they could do a 30 for 30 just on the habib and tony saga i think at this point to be honest with you it comes down to what happens between tony and justin if if tony loses to justin i don't think they're gonna fight it pays me so bad to say habib has come out and said several times in the last year he's only got a very select few handful of fights left before he wants to retire Do I think Tony and Habib need to fight? Yes. Do I think it will make all of us feel better? Yes. Do I think Habib has that same, like, need to fight him? No, I don't really think so. Um, I think Tony might, but, you know, let's just say that for for argument's sake that Gaethje beats Tony, I don't know if they fight. So, yeah, I'd say I'm 50-50. I'm right there with you, my man, so... Yeah, we all want to see it. We deserve to see it. They they deserve to have it with all the times it's been canceled and all these things that have postponed it and rearranged it and everything else is unbelievable. But yeah, I'm with you, I'd say 50-50, dude. So I hope they do. But I'm not so sure. So Cyrus, thank you so much, dude. I hope you're doing well up there in New York, my main man. Uh keep that food porn coming on the OTL, because you know Toronto loves it. So we have now cruised our way into one of our favorite segments, Drea's drop of the night. Now, get get you know, get happy that she's like scouring the internet for the good drops of the night right now, because in a couple of weeks we're gonna have live ones, right? So she's gonna go pick from, but we're still on the old, looking for the best of the best from the history of time. So, Drea, your drop of the night this week is what my friend.
1: Okay, so I recently had saw a clip on Twitter that uh, came from Arturo Gatti, and it kind of got me interested because I wasn't that familiar with the boxer Arturo Gatti. I mean, I'd heard of him, but never really watched many of his fights. Um, so I started looking into him and found some clips of, of some crazy knockouts that he had. And I'm going to go with Gatti versus Gamache. Um, it was actually a very controversial knockout but oh my god was it a drop um this fight happened back in 2000 and uh honestly Gotti had actually knocked him out twice in this fight the first round he was basically saved by the ref he kind of caught him but it was right at the bell so he went on to go to the second round and in the second round it was just a basic he knocked him out he hit him with an uppercut and he was out on his feet already, and he caught him with two more two more punches, and he fell to the ground, and he was completely out. So I'm going to go with that. Um, really old one, really controversial one, but holy shit, was it a drop.
0: <laughs> Arturo Thunder Gotti doing Arturo... Thunder Gotti things. Yeah, for those play fans who are not familiar with and who don't listen to boxing much or watch boxing much, the trilogy between Arturo Gotti and uh Mickey Ward is one of the best in the history of boxing. And uh, you know, rest in peace, Arturo Thunder Gotti, man. What a what an entertainer, what a great fighter, what guts and determination you showed, what a great drop of the night to pick Drea so thank you so much so uh, Drea yeah definitely we we have uh, cruised through our Twitter questions today thank you so much for being a part of this segment and you're awesome drop of the night this week and we will talk to you next week all right see you next week thank you all right folks now we're going to move on to our calling questions we have a first time calling question from our homie Jason Scott Adams at Jason Scott Adams and Jason, what do you got for us today, my brother? Hola, Rhino and the gang. It's a, this is Jason Scott Adams coming to you from Kansas City. I guess I'm upgrading from written questions to verbal ones this week. Uh, my question to my heavy metal friend, Rhino, is actually about boxing. And actually is in two parts. Uh, number one, what are your thoughts on Dana White expanding into boxing? I really don't know much about what's going on with it right now, but I do like the idea. I think uh, he can bring something to the sport. And two... I was a Mike Tyson freak back in the 80s and 90s, uh, like everybody else, and uh, I paid the pay-per-view money for the 45-second fights. But um, but these days, what heavyweight boxer should I be excited about now? I mean, I tend to gravitate towards Tyson Fury, of course, but I need to get back into it after the pandemic dies down and boxing picks back up. Um, as you know, I'm a huge fan of the podcast and the, and the crew, so please keep it going, and uh, I'll see you guys on Twitter. Dude, I love that idea of Dana getting getting the boxing going, the Zubo boxing going. I think you can provide matchups that we've never seen before. I think that there will be kind of like, you know, pressure of another big guy on the block being like, no, we're going to do this fight. We're going to have this guy and he should come over. There's a lot of fun capability when you have another person with that kind of money and that kind of, you know, clout in the combat sports world, getting into the mix. Boxing has a lot of old kind of what you would call like a, like the old guard. And he would be some new fresh blood, in there making some shit happen so i'm all for it i don't think it's his priority especially right now um we've got to get through the health crisis we've got to get the the ufc back on track (laughs) but once that happens dude i think zupa boxing we're probably only a year or two away from him becoming a real player so yeah i'm really looking forward to that and so as to your your second part of your question jason a hot prospect in the headway division uh to keep an eye on is daniel dynamite dubois out of england dude 14 and 0 Great size, great power, but he's got a huge test in his next fight against another hot prospect, Joe Joyce. So I'd say say both of them are really good prospects. I think Daniel is the favorite. I think he's the one who could do the most damage later on we get it like the championship level but look for the winner of that that fight between dana dubois and joe joyce to be a real player down the road in the heavyweight division so very cool man thank you so much thank you for including a little boxing into the uh show i always love when fans do that and uh dude i i love having a new metal friend on twitter so a new metal guy to uh shoot shoot back and forth metal content metal music content with very awesome my friends so thank you so much our next our next question comes from the big homie jim asood we all know it ain't a combat sports Rhino show without the big homie jim asood participating so jim asood what do you have this week my man
2: what's going on you bunch of fucking casuals ryan i'm a man how we doing big guy and Dre, the whole crew Um, I got a question for you to do with this uh, UFC 249 on May 9th. Mine is uh, Pettis and the Cowboy fight. I think Pettis is probably going to win this one. But what do you think is next for Cowboy? Win or lose? You know what I mean? I I just don't know if he's going to win this one, honestly. But that's my question for you. Win or lose, what's next for Cowboy? up the great work we love the content and it's always 420 peace
0: yeah i've got to agree with you jim the i've got anthony winning this fight also as most people know anthony won the first fight uh which doesn't necessarily mean anything but to me it kind of does because that was when when cowboy was still in the uh, prime of cowboy um of course cowboy has a chance and he could tap into the you know one more go around cowboy and, you know, catch him with something. But I really think the vast majority of the time Anthony Pettis wins this fight. I think Anthony is going to win when they get after it. Um, he can just win anywhere and he's so fucking good when he's on, right? Anthony Pettis, I'm referring to for those of you who know, that hurts me to say, I'm such a cowboy fan. Him and Chuck Liddell are probably my two favorite fighters of all time in mixed martial arts. Well, have and and Fedor. Um, I love Cowboy. I love everything he stands for. I love his short notice anytime, anywhere, anyplace, kind of a guy. Any one kind of fight, step up anywhere, dip in hand. Shaw <laughs> his on his lip, ready to rock and roll. I, I love the guy, but I just feel like he's been he's been taking too much damage as of late. I feel like his we've seen the we've seen the best, right? The best is in the rearview mirror. And I think if he loses this fight, particularly by stoppage. I, I would lean towards him, probably retiring whether or not he's going to do that. I doubt it. But if I had like, if I was his manager, or I was his close confidant. That would probably be my, uh, that would probably be where I would want him to go next would be kind of hang him up. I doubt he's going to do that. But yeah, I definitely see Pettis winning and if Cowboy loses, he'll probably try to fight it another time or two. But for me, my, my hope would be that if he does get finished, that he hangs him up. So big Jim is soon, another homie from old Canada my my dude, I, I really appreciate it. And very cool, uh, very cool video you posted the other day from Niagara Falls. Very awesome, bro. I really appreciate seeing that. So uh stay cool, my friend. And you're right, it is always 420. Our next question comes from my guy, Dave Fretz. Dave Fretz, if you guys don't already know, check out Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz on Twitter and Instagram or at Solo Shoes. If you want to get your shoes, have some custom designs put on like the the likes of which you've never seen you go to him and he will take care of you he's the Einstein of graphic design my main guy and uh, what does he have for us this week D Reigns hey hey what's up Rhino hey Rhino this is Dave Fretz at Dave Fretz not so shoes on Twitter and Instagram hope you're doing okay man really looking forward to the interview this week and the show got a question for you today regarding the bantamweight division in the UFC. I'm just wondering, with everything going on here, if you see anybody in that division that's going to be able to stop uh, Petr Jan. Uh, I don't think, uh, in my opinion, uh, even Henry Cejudo is going to be able to do anything to stop Jan at this point. Um, yeah, I just think that guy's way too dynamic, uh, and too tough for anybody else to, uh, um, put a stop to anyways, just curious. Check out Judah with the swag. Dude. <laughs> Sup Rhino. Well, what's we'll up back to you, my man, Judah, the combat sports with Rhino mascot with the most, my little brother, uh, Dave, to answer your question, I'm with you, dude. Petri Yan is the absolute future at 135. Uh, I, I do want to see him fight Aljo because I think they have like they're like the two next crop of top 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 tier guys at 35. But I still think Petri Yan gets it done probably like seven out of ten times against Aljo. I would kind of root for Aljo because I like him better and I love hearing Matt Sarah say things like like get off the get off your back, Aljo. <laughs> but as far as skill to skill, Petri Yan is fucking he's the future man he's the absolute toughest guy at 35 that i've seen so far he has no weaknesses that i've seen he's good on the feet he's good on the ground he's good everywhere and he has like that stoic eastern european fucking demeanor to him which always seems to serve guys well when it comes to the top level of uh combat sports so yeah i'm with you man i think petrion is looking at kind of a uh he's gonna get a title shot soon he's gonna win the title and he's going to. He's going to have a pretty long title reign, so thank you, my friend. Always a pleasure, and uh, yeah, your posters, man, they're just the best, so thank you so much again, my boy, D. Fritz. Now, without further ado, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, 10 Rounds with Rhino. This week, I have got the 145 badass mofo out of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, the native psycho Jordan Griffin, coming off his huge win over TJ Brown at UFC Norfolk. Uh, What a great interview. I can't wait for you guys to hear. So without further ado, check it out. 10 rounds with Rhino with Jordan, the native psycho, Griffin. Ladies and gentlemen, at Combat Sports with Rhino fans, we have got quite the treat for ourselves today. My guest on CSWR is none other than the incredible, talented, diverse, 145 out of milwaukee wisconsin jordan the native psycho griffin how are you today sir
2: i'm good and yourself
0: oh dude i'm fucking excited i'm real stoked to have you on i uh i've told the audience knows too is that my gym where i've trained at for many years is a rufus affiliate but i've never had a rufus fighter on here so dude you are my inaugural one and i'm stoked to have you hell yeah that's cool (laughs) very cool man i really appreciate it so uh jordan we're gonna go ahead and dive right in um, so what I love to ask most of my guests is what was their introduction in MMA? Like what was the thing that really got you into the sport from the beginning?
2: Uh, I started wrestling like senior year in high school and then I met somebody and their uncle actually, you know, I, cause it was senior year. I was like, man, I really liked wrestling. Um, you know, I, in my head, I was like, it's time to be an adult now and go to college and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, I, met somebody and they said oh yeah you know my uncle's into mma i said what's mma and i met this guy and he was like yeah mma it's pretty much wrestling but you get to punch people in the face so uh from there i just trained i i I wasn't even thinking about fighting i think like maybe three or four months in uh my trainer at the time adrian serrano he's like one of the first people to to actually fight in the ufc he fought at like ufc 27 uh he uh Yeah, he he was like, hey, you want to fight, kid? And I was just like, fight. And I just said, yeah, and uh, start fighting from there.
0: That's incredible, dude. So how did you link up with Rufus Sport then?
2: Uh, So maybe a year or two had gone by. And uh, so I'd only been fighting for like a year or two. Not even. like like, I feel like it was like a year and a half. Um, I was 19. And um, uh, Anthony was about to fight for the world title, the WEC world title. I was 4-0 as an amateur. And Duke had contacted um, had contacted Adrian about bringing me in to spar Anthony because I was the same size as Ben Henderson, and uh, and I was a southpaw, or and I'm a southpaw. So, uh, right. I, I've known An- I've known Anthony, the Pez brothers, and Duke, and all them since I was like 18, 19 years old, and uh, and then yeah, that's when I had started training with them on and off, and then I jumped around a bunch of gyms, and I finally just ended up at Rufus Sport.
0: Yeah, that's, a, that's incredible, man. Uh, so I've seen you finish, uh, guys, in so in such a variety of ways, Jordan. Uh, many fighters uh, that you've come across, I mean, I've seen you win by amazing strikes, from submissions, all things. Do you have a finish of yours that kind of sticks out as, like, fuck, man, that's on my highlight reel forever. Uh, I love that fucking finish. Is there one that really sticks out for you?
2: Uh, I got a – man. I had yeah again I, I've had a couple I think maybe just that LFA one where I got that sneaky arm bar in there. I was oh yeah, dude. The leg lock. <laughs> yeah, yes. I I think that one's like a forever. Like I didn't even see it. Um, the dude was fucking strong as shit, and uh, I, I just tend to just kind of grow with the go with the flow. And uh, Professor was like arm arm, and it, it, literally I looked looked at him. He said arm, and I looked back and I just grabbed the arm. It was like so slow motion. And I was like, Oh shit, I have it. I just, I tugged (laughs) away at it and I got it. So I was like,
0: damn, (laughs) that is so cool, dude. Yeah. Like I said, for, for those fans who are not too familiar with, um, with Jordan's younger career, just check him out on YouTube. There is just a slew of interesting and cool finishes that he's been able to pull off. So definitely check those out. Uh, so definitely, um, you're still a very young guy, Jordan, uh, but you have a ton of in-cage experience, you know, 18 and 7. That's a that's a long time. That's a guy much older than yours record typically, right? So yeah. you have a lot of experience in the cage. If you right now, because like I said, you're still a very young guy. If you could text you five years ago, how what would you tell the you of five years ago to focus more on as far as training goes?
2: Man, as far as training goes, I'd say just yes. stay on track i'd say maybe just stay yeah just stay on track just keep training um i, I really wouldn't know what to what to tell myself man because i've been on the same thing for for so long you know what i mean like even five years ago sure. five years five years ago i was king of the cages like bantamweight world champion and i owned i had like multiple titles in different organizations so it was just like um i think the the delay for me getting into the ufc was just life and you know, getting over life obstacles. And, um, I, I feel like everything happens for a reason. So, uh, you know, I, I, I got out of my funk and I, I really was able to put some things together. And when I came back out of what what most would call a retirement, um, I I was able to, to really fix, you know, fix things, fix myself, you know, emotionally and physically. Sure. too. So,
0: yeah, yeah, that, no, that's fantastic. And that's, you know, maybe that's something that, uh, a lot of people can, I know for sure that a lot of people can relate to. And, you know, when, uh, you know, I've had Juan Adams on here and I've had lots of guys that talked about that aspect as well. It's, a, and, you know, those of us who are fighters try to try to bring that across and how much more mental it is than physical, but it's, it's really hard to articulate that, to get that across. so I appreciate you bringing that up. Um, so switching gears a little bit, Jordan, we have <laughs> for question five, Jordan, my beard is cool. All right. I have a cool beard. I've got like a dime bag Daryl Pantera beard. Your beard, however, is glorious. Do you plan <laughs> on keeping this beard for the duration of your career? Is it bothering you? Is it keeping okay, the so way of bags? It's
2: funny you say that because I, I I was literally just telling my girlfriend, I was like, I'm uh, I was gonna shave the whole beard down and I was gonna get like a like a side like a, like a, like, like, like leave the mustache and then leave a little, like, go, not a goatee thing where it's right underneath your lip. Is it a goatee? Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, oh, shit. The,
0: it's, oh, dude, I don't remember. right but, now. But yeah, it's yes. like right underneath exactly the lip.
2: Like the goatee is when it's all the way around. Kind of. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, it's just the mustache and then the little thing right underneath my lip. And then I, <laughs> I, I grew my hair out and I can, my hair's long enough now where I can actually slick it up. And like into a ponytail, but like straight up. So I have this weird, like, like up, like samurai. You ever seen Samurai Jack, the way his hair is? Of course I have. Yeah, absolutely. Like I have this weird Samurai Jack thing going on right now. And uh, I'm just kind (laughs) of running with it. But I like, yeah, dude, I think I'm going to keep the beard because I've tried to shave it before. And I've tried a couple of like, like handlebar mustache and like all this other stuff. But I look funny in all of it. So. I feel like the beard is just it's on point right now. And I just got to keep growing it and have fun with it. You know,
0: if my vote counts for anything with you, sir, I vote to keep the beard because it is a goddamn beautiful specimen. You got there. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, moving forward from that, you're very tall with a super long reach. Now, so keep in mind, I'm a 6'1", 280 pound heavyweight my reach is 74 and a half inches you yep. are a 510 145 er your reach is 74 and a half inches do you see at any point uh, moving up you know what I mean as you get older maybe make it easier on yourself for a weight cut or are you pretty happy yeah 45 and you think you're just I uh,
2: yeah I had talked I had talked to Duke and talked to my manager about moving up uh, <laughs> it's just uh, I guess it's just a mindset thing too and You know, I was cutting weight for so long and in so many different ways, but then you make it to the UFC and they help you cut weight the whole time. So they give you everything, the type of food, they tell you what to eat, they tell you what you should be doing. Uh, This last weight cut actually wasn't that bad, but it is, it does take a toll on my body. So I think, um, you know, it's nice that I got a little bit of money now and I can actually really focus on like my fight camps and and just 100% training. So, uh, I I definitely want to dip my toe into the 155 pound division, and we'll see what we can do in the next five years. You know, even in the next five to six years, I think I got another 10 years under my belt, to be honest. But I got to, you got to treat yourself right, and I got to play all the moves. So, Uh, absolutely. I don't want to throw, you know, I don't know Clay Guida personally, but you just see that a guy like that, his career, and it's like, I don't want to fight like him. You know what I mean? He has exciting
1: fights.
2: Fuck, man. He, he got just torn up. It's just like holy shit.
0: Right, you want to have a quality of life later on down the road. I completely understand.
2: Definitely, that.
0: definitely, man.
2: I want to speak. I want to. I want to be able to to follow through with complete sentences. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, yeah. You know,
0: I had a, I've had a much longer career than I anticipated in the pro ranks. Like my pro debut was in 9 You know what I mean. I'm still going. Yeah. So, uh,
1: nice.
0: but again, I, I worry about that very same thing. We all should. We should. It should all yeah. be a factor in what we think about how long we want to go, you know, your mental faculties are very important to all of us. So it's yeah. definitely a contributing factor into that decision-making for sure. Um, so switching gears to kind of a an obscure question, but one that I've always wanted to ask somebody, but I haven't for whatever reason. Do you remember the first time you actually met Dana White face-to-face and how that encounter went? Uh,
2: yeah, I met him. Uh, well, it's like, I, it's weird. It's like I haven't actually had a conversation with him yet. But I just remember like when I shook his hand for the first time after I won my fight, I just I literally said in the pre interviews, I was like, I'm going to win my fight. I'm going to do I'm going to finish this dude and then I'm going to walk over to Dana White and Sean Shelby and uh, and uh, what, what's the other guy's name?
0: Mick Maynard,
2: M- 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 yeah, Mick And I'm going to shake their hands. And that's what it li- literally exactly what I did. I won. Uh, I saw Duke Rufus when I came out. I gave my family a hug. I gave Duke a hug and I walked over to the table and I shook Dana White's hand. And I said, "Hey, thank you for the opportunity." And that was it. Um, and then Dana had he came in and he um, he talked to all of us too like one time. And he was like, "Okay, have a good night, guys." And then he walked out. <laughs> and I, I was like, uh, you know, I was like, uh. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, but no, he, he. I mean, he seems like a cool guy, and it's amazing what he's been able to build. You know what I mean? Like I was watching UFC well over, you know, uh, I don't even know how long UFC's been around, but I just know when I was a kid, like, the first UFC fight I saw was Chuck Liddell versus Randy Couture, and, like, I, right. you know, and that, who would have known, you know
0: what I mean, so. Sure. No, that's definitely one of those things where I can could, I could completely relate. Um, in, in the boxing world, I had the exact same experience with Emmanuel Stewart. I mean, legend of of trainers for, for especially in detroit but around the world and he was on a, commentating on hbo for a long time headless had like the same deal man where i went up to him shook his hand i said hello he said hello and then he immediately like turned to my left and started talking to somebody else and i was so, it was like one of those situations where, like i was in awe of him right so yeah very very <laughs> cool man <laughs> um yeah like i said jordan you're you're as well-rounded and literally as well-rounded as it gets in the entire 45-pound division, if not the entire promotion. But if you could, like, snap your fingers and be twice as good at any one aspect of MMA, what would you choose?
2: Uh, it would definitely be wrestling. Um, my ground game, it's funny because I have, like, a, I actually didn't start out in jujitsu. I started out underneath it, you know, Adrian Serrano, and, like, uh, his whole gym was, like, submission wrestling. So that's how I was told. It's like, yeah, we're teaching you submission wrestling. I had no clue what jujitsu was. I actually didn't get into a gi until a couple years later. And uh, but um, it was like I had a very strong, like dominant wrestling game because I didn't know anything. So I would grab people and I would just hold on to them so tight. And, uh, right. and and as I learned jujitsu, I loosened up so much and I started doing stuff like giving my back up. But it was because I knew I could get out and like just all this stuff. And now I'm circling back around and I'm working on being more dominant, not giving my back up. Uh, just staying more dominant, non people and punching, and uh, it's it, things are coming around. Um, I got Rafian stats in my gym, you know, he's a two time yeah. NCAA, NCAA champion in wrestling, and that dude really knows he's really been able to um transfer and translate like you know the differences from from coming t- uh from wrestling into MMA, and uh, just seeing his insight on things is, is amazing. And then I have uh, my professor, Professor and he's you know, a three time. Uh, he's a, He has a, a third-degree black belt in jiu-jitsu under Carlson Gracie Jr. out of Chicago. So then that dude's been in everyone's corner, you know. So Yeah. He's
0: awesome. He cornered uh, he Stefan Bonner back in the day, if I'm not mistaken. Yep, um, and
2: uh, Miguel Torres. And Miguel Torres, right, out of yeah. Chicago, yeah.
0: Indiana. yeah, yeah.
2: Yep, and Miguel <laughs> Torres. I mean, he's really been around the block, and uh, having him in my corner is, you know, it's it's very helpful. All my coaches, man, they're all they're all great, and um, I think it's uh, it's right now. I'm kind of at a point where like I'm weird. Like, if you tell me I can go out there and I can choke this dude out, and he could be like a a black belt and whatever. Like, I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm gonna hundred percent believe I can I can I can choke him out. And if you tell me I can knock a dude out, I'm gonna hundred percent go out there. He could be a golden gloves, but I'm gonna hundred percent go out there and fucking attempt to knock him out. And uh, I just feel like uh, my coaches have so much confidence in me that <laughs> that they'll, they just they all tell me stuff. And I'm just like, OK. And uh, right now I'm in that that point where I need to start breaking down what I want to do and not listen so closely. They're there to advise me and tell me, you know, maybe, you know, suggest make suggestions. But I have to start making clear decisions. And I feel like that's a big thing that I've realized this last year. And it's, it's paid off, you know, especially with this
0: last win yeah 100% dude that's one of those things that only comes with uh time that level of trust it takes time and experience and then the people proving to you that they have your best interest and they have your best game plan in mind in order to just listen and be like you know what they're right you know without even hesitating or second guessing yeah that's amazing dude what a lucky yeah what a lucky cool uh what a lucky cool thing for you, dude. So uh Jordan, now you are we are moving into the tenth round with Rhino. Now, this for all my listeners, they know this is my weird question, bro. This is my <laughs> out of the box fucking, you gotta put your thinking weird cap on and uh to <laughs> really get into this. So um, so the MMA version of Big Brother has just dropped. Um, the first crew of people have already been evicted from the house. Now there's just you and five other pro MMA fighters left in the big fucking brother house of MMA. You've got to pick five dudes who you're going to be stuck in this house with with for the foreseeable future. Jordan, who are these five guys who are going to have to breathe in their, their stank breath? And why are there gross socks all over the floor? Five dudes you got to deal with for a while. Who Wait,
2: am I fighting them or are we just kicking it? No, 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 no. You're just living together, dude. There's no, oh. not,
0: not, not a tough house.
2: Like a big oh. brother house, dude. Okay, okay. So I, I'd probably <coughs> say like Sergio Pettis, um, Sergio Pettis, Elias Garcia, that's Sergio's cousin, uh, Manuel Sanchez, uh, um, Rafion Statz, and Christian Rodriguez.
1: Oh, Christian God, Rodriguez is an
2: up-and-comer. Yeah, he's an up-and-comer in, in LFA, and uh, he, he made his pro debut in Bellator. Dude's a beast, so I'd probably kick, be, kick it with those. I'd probably kick it with those guys.
0: What, uh, what weight class is Christian Rodriguez in?
2: He's a 135 or 145-er. Oh, okay. okay yeah, and we're, had, uh... we're all around the same size, too. Even though, even though, uh, even though fucking uh, uh, Sergio is a 135-er, that dude walks around like 170. So it's... <laughs> wow. And he has a reach, like, he, like, I swear, I'm always talking to him about that, because I could fight short dudes, tall dudes, you know, usually you fight a tall dude, they got a little bit of a reach, you fight a short dude, they don't know, you know, they don't have that much reach, they got short reach, him, he's shorter than me, but he fights so lengthy. That he can't hit yeah. me and I'll throw and I got long arms and I'll miss. And yeah, he can't yeah. me again and I'm like, God <laughs> damn it! It just fucks me up every time I spar him. It really that's, fucks me up. <laughs>
0: and that's so hard to that's so hard to believe, man. It, with a 74 and a half inch reach, you got somebody shorter than you who can give yeah. outreach you. That's an insanity. It's um, crazy.
2: It's crazy though because I've done it too. Where like, well, what was it? King of the Cage. King of the Cage measured my arm length, and it came out to 74 and a half. And then LFA, I think, measured me, and it was, like, 73. It was 73 and I was like, okay. I was like, I don't even know. So when people ask me, I don't, I don't know what to ever tell them. I just tell them, like, 73, 74. Like, but I know I got long I st- arms. I know I got long <laughs> yeah, arms. Yeah, I was going to say, I'd, for, stick
0: with, I'd stick with Topology, man. Topology has you 74 and a half. Oh, okay, okay, bro. yeah, yeah. That's I was gonna say, one. I know,
2: <laughs> I know they're long because I've, I've like gone it, like measured up against guys who are like six two, and they're like, damn, your arms are like just, just as long. You know what I mean? <laughs> exactly. I'm like, oh yeah, I guess. Exactly. But I,
0: yeah, so <laughs> very cool, man. Well, yeah, Jordan, you have, you have hammered through ten rounds with Rhino, my man. Oh yeah. <laughs> 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 so again bro i really again i really really appreciate you coming on that was that was fucking awesome it was too funny too because you know i messaged you a while back and we were trying to kind of figure out a good time to do it and you were like you're like yeah dude how's 8 30 i'm looking at the clock and it's at 9 5 and i'm like uh i'm confused <laughs> and, so, and i didn't realize that even though we're only one state away we were on different time zones dumbass but me so yeah dude, uh... i'm really glad you could yeah i'm really glad you could come on that was really fun that was awesome and, uh, yeah, bro, I really appreciate you coming on, dude. Uh, and, uh, and, like I said, like i like to ask all my guests if um, if after your next fight or two fights, we, we would love to have you back on and kind of see what's been going on from now until then, if that was cool with you.
2: Definitely. Yeah, definitely, man.
0: Awesome. I really appreciate it. So, uh, for everybody here at Combat Sports with Rado, uh Jordan, thanks so much for being on. and We look forward to your next fight, sir.
2: Thank you. I'm UFC Fighter Jordan Griffin, aka Native Psycho, and I went ten ten rounds with Rhino.
0: dude, that was so much fun. I, it just it never gets old talking to these fighters. I, I mean, I just I love it so much. It's always so interesting. Everyone is um obviously doing the same thing. We're all we're all they're all doing the same sport, but such a diverse backgrounds and everybody, such different reasons as to why they got into it, how they got into it., uh, everyone has just such different, stories and it always keeps it so interesting and i'm so appreciative that these these guys and girls take time out of their schedules to talk with me man i just i love it so very much and i'm gonna keep bringing them on and keep bringing the content for you guys another great 10 rounds with rhino with my man jordan i can't wait to keep following his career and see what's next for him so we are now going to be diving into our shout outs so thank you so much to my to my uh question people who both called in and wrote in on twitter Raging Sweet Potato, Pokemon Mama, Ninety One, Phil, Jason, Jim Acsoon, Dave Frets. Once again, at Dave Frets and add Solo Shoes. Um, thank you guys so much. Oh, and Cyrus King. Thank you, my man. Cyrus was a little bit of a late entry, but I got him in under the wire because he's my guy. Um, so thank you guys so much for calling. Thank you so much for uh, to Jordan Griffin for doing ten rounds with Rhino. Uh, thank you last night for, for Deja for another great watch party. Uh, that was too much fun with the with the Cejudo Dillashaw watch party on last night. That was a lot of fun as it always is. Of course, to D. Reigns and Drea for their participation in making this show happen. Now, as far as my mystery guest for next week, here is your clue: This mystery guest has fought four, yes, four UFC champions and his submission victory over one of the best submission artists in the history of not just the UFC, but of the sport of mixed martial arts. So that is your teaser. That is your mystery guest clue for next week's show. We can't wait for you guys to hear today's show. We love, love, love everybody in the Rhino Gang. Thank you so much for all you do. Thank you so much for being a part of this. Everybody stay uh, socially distanced. Be safe. Have fun. Enjoy life as it is. We know we can. We have adapted to this new normal. I love everybody. Thank you so much. And we will see you next week, Kate Side.